Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. I have been in a series called Do You Measure Up? And uh, throughout this month, my first message was talking about David and Goliath and uh, how David didn't really measure up to what King, the king had in mind whenever David said, I'll go slay the Philistine. And uh, I began to talk about last week, I forgot my tape measure um, from Ikea, because everything, we wanted to make sure everything fits, right? We pull out our tape measure, we want to make sure it fits. And uh, <clears throat> I remember when we were moving to Detroit Lakes, um, we were selling this little fireplace. We were just trying to get rid of it. And uh, this lady, she's like, what size is it? I need to know the exact dimensions because I have a space for it, I think. And I remember measuring it. And then the exact size of my fireplace was the exact size that she placed that she wanted to put it. She needed to know the measurements. And I think sometimes in our lives, we pull out a tape measure and say, well, this person is this tall, this person is this size, this person has this job, does this thing, and I don't really measure up. I don't really fit the mold of what I'm trying to be. It can be hard to be what God calls us to be. It can be hard to do what God calls us to do. And so what I think is we've got to get rid of the tape measure. I wouldn't throw this, break it or something, but since we we rent this place, I don't want to break anything in here. (laughs) So I'm just going to set it down over there. Forget the tape measure. It's not something that you need. It's not something that is going to make a difference in your life. I want to share some scriptures with you. Um, Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 22. And it says, And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up thy cross and follow me. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. This, is, this, this message that I want to preach, it's called But God. And what I want you to get is when God steps in, things change. Transformations happen. Lives are changed. The nature of who we are can be changed. And there's a couple of scriptures in the Bible. This right here, this man was grieved. Because he had great possessions. God called and asked him to do one thing. It was one thing. To give all. And to follow me. Take up that cross and follow me. That's a hard thing. If you think about it. 
If you think about what, what Jesus said to him, sell all that you have and give it to the poor and follow me. I got some cool stuff. I, I, I do. Like I, I, That's hard, but if Jesus was standing in front of me, I think I could do it. I think I could. Like I've got some, I've got some cool things. I've got some gadgets and some toys that I like to play with, but I, I give it up to follow Jesus. I, I would, I would do what it takes to, to follow Him. And we have to ask ourselves, what is that one thing that God is saying? Hey, you got to put this aside so that you can follow Me. Jonah one, chapter one through three. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh that great city and cry against it for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Jonah was like, nope God, I'm not going. So we find this mindset of, but God, I don't like this. But God, I don't want to do this. But God, this isn't what I have planned. But God, this isn't what I want to do. And so we try and fit this measurement of, God, your plans don't fit what I have already created. God, I don't, my, my plans don't fit. Your plans don't fit with what, what I had planned, God. So you're going to have to change what you want to get me to where you want me to be because I'm just not going to do it your way. That's what we begin to argue God. We begin to argue with him, but God. And what my challenge is for us is to have a change of mindset. Jonah refused, flat out refused to go to Nineveh. What would we refuse if God called us and asked us to do today? What would we refuse? Many times we have this, it reminds me of when I was a kid. When I, my mom would ask me to clean my room, and it would be like, Mom, I'm playing my video games right now. <laughs> but, but Mom, I can't pause this game right now. I'm just like, I'm just in the middle of it. And this was like Super Nintendo, you know, and fun games, you know, Super Mario Brothers and stuff like that. And I'm like, I can't pause this level, Mom. I got to keep playing. We're racing right now, Mom. If I, if I get up to go clean my room, my sister's going to beat me. It's not fair, Mom. And we get kind of whiny with God sometimes. Now, I'm not saying we all get whiny, but I would say if we took a survey in this place, all of us at one point would have said, but God, why am I in this situation? But God, why am I, why am I going through this? But, but God, why did you choose me? Why, but God, why didn't you put this burden on me? And and. You've, you've been there where you're mad at God. And, and, and I've been there where I've punched the steering wheel of my car repeatedly and left knuckle dents in my steering wheel saying, God, I'm, what is wrong with you? Why aren't you doing something in my life all the while? There's a song that we sang that says, even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't see it, he's moving. And, and that's what the case is, is sometimes we don't see what God is doing, what God is, and we're in this mindset of, but God, why? It's time that we get to a point as Christians 
When God calls us, we answer, and we stop running from what he wants us to do. We stop running, and, 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 and you see, if you always reject him, one of two things will happen. You'll spiritually die, or one day he's going to reject you, just like, just like the scripture, Matthew chapter 7, 21 through 23 says. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter unto the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Oh, man, that's, that's deep. I don't want that. I don't want it to be said of me. I don't, wanna, I don't want to hear God say those words to me. I don't want to hear him say those words to me. I want to be right. I want to do what God wants me to do. So I've got to have a shift in my mind. I've got to change my mindset from, but God, why to? When God steps in, things change. When God steps in, things begin to shift. I got some stories of some people in the Bible that I want to share with you. That when you look over your past, you can say, my past isn't what dictates me. It's but God. God stepped in and he changed me. He changed who I am today so that I can be something for him. Daniel chapter 6 depicts the story of Daniel, an individual who no matter what said, I'm going to serve God with everything that's within me, even if it means being thrown in the lion's den. And he gets thrown into the lion's den. In verse 23, it says, my God has sent his angels. You see, I want to be that one. It may seem like you're in the den of lions when you're at work. It may seem like you're, a den of, you're in the den of lions when you're surrounded by people. But, but the thing you have to remember is that God stepped in and he sent his angels and he shut the mouths of those lions and he's willing to do the same thing in your life if you'll be willing to call on him. In my darkest times, I'll put my trust in him. Matthew chapter, chapter 8 depicts the story of Jesus in the ship and there's a storm that arises and the disciples are losing. We're going to die. Verse 24 says the ship was covered with waves. Sometimes it may seem that God is nowhere in your situation. That he's left you on the boat of life and the storm is crashing in and everything is going on. But one thing that you've got to remember in this story, they took their eyes off of Jesus. If they had kept their eyes on Jesus, the one who was asleep, in the boat, they took their eyes off of peace. When we take our eyes off of Jesus, we move our eyes from peace to chaos. And we, we begin to look at the craziness of our life. In verse 26, he says, why are ye so fearful, O ye of little faith? When they wake Jesus, hey, wake up. There's a storm and we're about to die. We just can't make it. Oh, ye of little faith. I don't want it to be said of me. Oh, ye of little faith. But one thing I do know is they called the right name. They called the right person because when he steps up, he begins to rebuke the wind and the waves and said, peace be still. I believe that God still speaks those words over our lives and still says, Peace be still, even in, the, even in the middle of the night, even in the middle of your 
when the view shifts, you get your eyes on him and, and stop the but God mentality and remember when God steps in, things change. Things begin to happen. I'm thankful for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's so powerful. He's so mighty. And he wants to touch each and every one of us. See, when the view shifts and you get your eyes back on him, Matthew 28, 20 says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, I'm there with you even unto the ends of the world. Oh, we have a God that is with us all the time, no matter the situation. There's a story in the Bible that really speaks to me. I love Elijah, and I love to study what's in Elijah, what, 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 what Elijah did. And in 1 Kings Chapter 17, verses 2 through 6, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kirath Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did that. The Lord had told him. He went to the Kirath Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. What stood out to me in the scripture is the ravens of what was going on here. So a raven, we know, is not the bird of peace. We know the raven is not some super awesome bird, but it's a scavenger. It's a, it's a, it, 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 it's a predator. It, 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 it eats. But yet here we see God use ravens. Why would he do that? And as I study, I believe the reason why God would use ravens is to speak to each and every one of us to say that if I can change the nature of a bird from scavenger to someone who can provide for my people, what more can I do with a willing vessel? What more can I do with a person that says, God, take me, shape me, and mold me? You know, we hear, the, we, hear the, we hear it all the time, people don't change. It's not the truth. People do change. I can tell you the story of a 15-year-old boy who walked away from God, began his journey away from God after his dad died. And then I can tell you, as life continued on, I get stuck with drugs and alcohol and... and so many things begin to change me. People change. People are like, well, your grandpa, he drank. So you're predestined for that. That's, you're, you're, you're stuck with it. You, you have family members that, that have you know, done drugs in their life, and so it's probably going to happen to you. But if God can use a bird, can take that bird and say, I'm going to change the very nature of this bird to be a provider, what more can he do with you? What more can he do with me? Individuals who will say, God, take me, change me, use me. Let's finish these opening stories. Mark 10, 27, and Jesus looking upon him saith, 
With men, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. It doesn't matter the situation. My mindset is, when God steps in, my past is erased. When God steps in, he says, what you were doesn't mean anything. What you are now is my son. What you are now is my daughter. I love you and I care for you. When God steps in, people change. When God steps in, pasts are erased. When God steps in, situations begin to change. You can tell me that, oh, I have this situation in my life, and I don't feel God moving. You may not see it today, but I can promise you, if you'll continue to have trust in him, if you'll continue to hold on to him like the, like the woman with the issue of blood who, who crawled before God, who pushed you into the multitude of people so that she could touch the hem of his garment and be healed, she knew that if she could just press in, she could be healed. That's the same God we serve today. That's the same one that walked the earth that, on those days. He's the same one that loves and cares, and he's looking for a group of people who will press beyond the crowd, who will press beyond the people of their lives and say, God, I need you. Take me to a place I've never been before. It doesn't matter the situation. When you put God, you know, when you put your trust in God, he changes everything. The poor rich man put his trust in riches and not in God. So many times we can get caught up with things in our lives. I can get caught up with the toys I have, things I want to do, plans I want to make. To the point that when God says, hey, Zach, I need you to do something for me, I can be like, hang on just a minute. I've got something else i got to do I'm taking care of right now. When in the moment that I needed him the most, he hung on a cross for me. I'm thankful that he found value in me, that he found worth in me even when I didn't have it. I don't measure up. We don't measure up to what we're supposed to be. But because of him, because of his sacrifice for us, for him hanging on a tree for us, I can be changed. I can be transformed. You can have a new life in him. We've got to stop making our own way and say, God, I want your will for my life. God, I'm throwing away the tape measure. God, I'm throwing away the measurements of my life. God, God, I want you in my life to lead me and guide me. Jonah, with his rotten attitude and everything, ends up making his way to Nineveh. Gets up and preaches to the people, and they hear him, and they repent. God still does a work in Jonah, even though Jonah didn't want to do it. Even though Jonah ran from him, God still ended up using Jonah. We can make some mistakes. There's some choices in our lives that we're going to make that are going to step up, that are going to take us out of the will of God. But God still loves us. God still cares for us. And we've just got to say, God, I need to make it back to you. God, bring me back to you. God can use us in our past. He can use us in our mistakes. He can use us in the situations that we bear. There's days that I struggle there's days I struggle and I just say, God, I don't want to do this. God, I don't want to follow you. Had a good conversation just before we started. 
we can get mad at God. He understands our emotions. He understands who we are. One of the messages that I preached when we first started was about Lazarus and how Lazarus was dead and Jesus goes and calls him from the grave and he comes out and he's been dead four days. And people around are like, he stinketh by now. You see, so many times your promise has been buried. Your promise, you buried it and said, nope, it's too late. And when God comes in and begins to speak in your life, you're like, nope, God stinks by now. God, that promise you had for me, it's dead and gone, it's buried. And all the while, we're rejecting the promises of God because we have a mindset and we've put God into a box that only he can operate in this window, in this time frame, or in this, in this situation, in this type of way. We've put a measurement on God. That's why we need to throw the tape measure away. Because the measurement that God is, we can't put him into a box. We, we, we can't say, God, you have to operate in this type of way. So when life is beating you down, when life is tormenting you and tearing you up, remember that God loves you and cares for you. Are you going to have perfect days? Nope. You're not always going to have perfect days. Are you going to have some good ones? Yes. Are my, 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 my best days then are worse than my bad days now? Like, the good days in my past, the good days when I woke up with a hangover are, are, are worse than my bad days now. I hope that makes sense. I think it makes sense. <laughs> you're going to have trials. You're going to have hard times. But as you're walking, as you're following God, remember that he loves you, that he cares for you, that he, I'm going to like dig into my Easter message. <laughs> Think about this for a moment. God creating the earth, speaking the earth into existence, speaking trees into existence, knowing that one day, the people that he created would choose to crucify him on a tree. He planted a tree so that he could die upon it for us. He loved us in such a way that throughout time, all he could do was plan and care and say, these people I love, whether they love me or they don't. I will love them. He cared for us in such a way that my past has been erased. The wild things that I've done, the mistakes that I made, my past is under the blood of Calvary. And I'm thankful for that. And I believe that his presence is here in this place today. And I believe that he wants to touch and move in our lives and I'm just asking if you would just take a few moments 
Find a place to pray and say, God, I need you. If you would like someone to pray with you, you can come up here to the front. One of the things I remember as a kid was always going to the altar. And so if you feel comfortable, make your way to this altar. We'd love to pray with you. But if you want to stay in your seat, that's also fine too. Just, I just, I just encourage you to call out that name Jesus right now. No matter the situation, he wants to touch you. He wants to care for you and love you. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I pray right now that your, your presence would, would begin to wash over each and every one of us. God, that your presence would begin to move in each one of our lives. That you would begin to touch and move. In Jesus' name, God, I pray and worship you. I magnify you. Hallelujah, Jesus.